Welcome to the RAS Life, a podcast by RAS Extension aimed at delivering the latest R&D information for RAS-based farming systems and answering your questions. Today's episode marks the end of Season 1. Big shout out to everyone who's listened, downloaded, rated, reviewed or subscribed to our podcast. Harriet and I have thoroughly enjoyed chatting with different people from across the industry, be it growers, advisors, researchers or industry supporters and we hope that everyone listening has enjoyed our season. Today's episode features a catch up with Mark Grote from Grower Services. We talk about highest yielding crops for C20, whole grain meal out, the potential of what's coming in the rice industry and Mark chats about upcoming events. But here's a quick snippet of some of the C20 highlights for the rice extension team before we get going. Some highlights from this season have been the Sunrise Grower of the Year Field Day at Peter and Renee Burks, the engagement with over 80 growers, whether it be through Rice Extension's newsletter, social media, podcast, face-to-face or webinar meetings, a behind-the-scenes look at the Pure Seed Program at Raffle, alongside learning how to hand harvest, and also Troy and Harriet had the opportunity to build a growing guide for Northern Queensland. So please enjoy today's episode and we look forward to seeing you in the C21 season for hopefully what will be a bitter, bigger and better year ahead. So yeah, this week we're wrapping up the C20 rice season and today we're talking again to Mark Grote from Sunrise Grower Services who's here with us today. So thanks very much for joining us, Mark. No worries. Always a pleasure. And, and um, you know, well done on the initiative of these podcasts. There's been some great feedback. So, um, yeah, good effort. Oh, thanks very much. It's very nice of you to say. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's jump straight on in. The C20 harvest has finally wrapped up. Um, can you please give us just a quick overview about how it's gone and what, you know, what we've seen? Uh, yeah, so I think most growers would uh, class the season of 2020 to certainly be an interesting one. We've um, we've just uh, we've just cracked the 45,000 ton mark, um, which is a little bit a uh, little bit above about three percent above our predictions, which were based on the five-year average. So, so we are slightly above average for the year. We did begin the season about eight or nine percent above average. Um, but as the as the harvest dragged into June, that started to drop, um, and we we ended up about three percent. So, um, as I say, very interesting year. It was a very cool, windy start. Um, whilst there's a bit of heat throughout the season, it was a very cold or cool and mild drydown period and, and grain ripening period, um, which dragged out harvest quite dramatically, as um, as everybody knows. So, as a seasonal overview on a on a on a day degree point of view, or, or the amount of heat units that we had for the season, it was actually an above average year, although not as high as the last few years. But um, but more interesting than that, the the diurnal range, or if you like, the the range between those maximum and minimum temperatures, were dramatically different to the last five years. So um, so even though some of the maximums were above maximum, some of the minimums were below minimum. And um, and that certainly told later on in the season when it came to uh, came to yield. So that part of it, we, we've learned a lot from. We've got more to delve into that. Yeah, delve into a little bit more about what, what actually happened this year in terms of weather data and, and how that impacted it. 
Mark, can you just give us a quick update of how the yields from this season have compared to previous? Yeah, look, it was a it was a an interesting season. There were some fantastic results. There were a number of disappointing results, but um, certainly on the fantastic side of things, the the top twenty percent of yields are in absolute value, if you like. Um, Raw Rezekiel in the north, um, around thirteen point eight ton, uh, which was a great result, and and is actually above the last the last uh, few years, and and above the last the five year average of the top. 20%. Uh, of the crops that were one and a half tonne above long-term average for that region, um, all varieties were represented um, and all regions were represented, So, which which was a great result. So the majority of the crop was Rizik, 70% of the crop was Rizik, and roughly speaking 10% Apis, 10% Viand, and 10% Topaz, and then a, a few seed crops of um, Dungara and Langi. Uh, and so on. So it um, so topaz, Rizik, uh, topaz, opus, and and Vian were all represented in that in that yields above um, one and a half ton above the longer term average, and all regions were represented: uh, Collie, Murray Valley, as well as the MIA. Every variety has the ability to reach that above the five year average in terms of tons per hectare that they're growing. So there's no reason why growers should be skeptical in the varieties that we've been provided with. No, fair point. And, and um, you know, interestingly, if you, you take that across the sowing methods as well, uh, of those top yields within the MIA, um, roughly speaking, there was about 15% of the crops were actually dry broadcast or aerial sown. Um, and of the top yields, 15% was represented uh, by that dry broadcast sowing method. So and the rest were, were drill sowing, which gives an indication that, um, yes, the varieties can certainly be represented, the, the regions can certainly be represented, and, and the sowing methods as well. Definitely good to say that, yeah, there's, there's no reason to say that drill sowing can't yield just as well as the other methods or anything like that. But what were the real standouts for the season, Mark? What were the highlights? Uh, look, the, the excellent highlights, and, and surprised, surprised me, I had to say, right from the start, I thought it would be... I was hoping for an above average year, um, but didn't expect any major standouts, just given the season. There was actually two crops over 15 tonne, which uh, was fantastic. Whole grain, preliminary whole grain results look excellent. Um, I won't go into that too much yet because we haven't had a huge amount, but certainly the, the early bin results look, uh, look really good. So partly as expected, given the, the moistures we had at harvest, our average moisture over the whole harvest still averaged over 20%, I think it was 20.5. So, um, so yeah, I hope that whole grain carries through. Um, probably particular mention, there was a fair few crops on bore water this year, um, particularly down in Collie and, uh, and in the Murray Valley. Um, there were some, some excellent results with, uh, with bore water and um, again, across all varieties. So Topaz, Rizik and, and Opus uh, and Beyond, yeah, um, all, all yielded exceptionally well, uh, which was a real credit to the management of that because um, there are certainly some extra challenges on the bore water side of things. So what sort of, when you mentioned management, what sort of things were these growers doing? Um, oh, look, as with all crops, I guess timing is everything, but, but um, the... Um, just knowing what their bore water was, um, as far as salinity levels are concerned, the quality of that water, 
and then how they were managing that. So, um, you know, circulating between bays, uh, having alternate stops or, or you know, siphons, um, just to keep that water movement going and, and to prevent those so-called dead areas of, of water uh, where salt has the opportunity to build up. Um, so monitoring monitoring those salt levels, uh, particularly down those bottom bays, but but knowing where those dead areas were and how, how to prevent. Uh, and I guess the challenge for the drainage, pretty well everybody nailed drainage this year, which was certainly a, a function of the season, but a, a definitely a credit to, to the management. And um, again, it's a little bit more challenging with with bore water and uh, particularly the higher salt content bore water. So um, that timing of, of drainage, um, yeah, worked very well. No, that, that's good to hear. And at the start of the season, rice extension actually distributed uh, salt meters to all of our growers that were growing on bore water. And so we're yeah, really um, glad that there was a really good uptake from growers in getting out there and measuring the salinity levels of their water. Given this has been a challenging season, are there some key learnings that we can take away from it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Look, as as you said, it's uh, it was a challenging season. It probably wasn't the season to push the limits. Um, looking back, and um, and it certainly wasn't a season to um, uh, to push the timing. So, but. Um, Certainly plenty to learn from these sorts of seasons. There were some great results, which is fantastic. There were also some very disappointing results. Um, and we can we can certainly learn a lot from that. Timing's everything. Um, probably what we have learned a lot more from this year and, and, um, and experience over the last few years is that relationship between plant population and, and particularly establishment population, um, nitrogen management, your, your water management, particularly where we're looking at, at drill sowing and, um, uh, and delayed permanent water and so on. So a um, lot, to, lot to learn from that, a lot to yet to decipher and, uh, and a lot to share with you as that, as that comes up. So you talked about plant population, Mark. Is there, given Brian's done a lot of research about that, should we be recommending to growers that they need to follow the strict kind of guidelines that are out there? Uh, look, yes. Basically, it, it's uh, Brian's work is fantastic, and it's it's based on um, hundreds of individual trials over a, a good number of years. So, uh, the integrity of it, integrity of it is is um, you know beyond measure. Um, but yes, it, it's um, it's aiming for that population of between 100 and 200 plants a square meter, and uh, and just the um, the plant physiology, the way it reacts to nitrogen, the way it, it uh, tillers out and um, and the heads it forms. Um, it's 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 all at the base of plant population. Um, so which is obviously to do with your your uh, sowing method, the gear you have, your layout, the uh, the field you're going into, and so on. So it's um, but yes, more emphasis on that here. Yeah, it's certainly in the future. So I guess the the growers that are getting really good at drill sowing and they've got really good sowing machines and good layouts they're getting awesome establishment. Maybe they need to look at winding things a little bit back compared to usual because they're getting greater establishment. Yeah, yeah, and if you, if you look at, you know, 150 kilos to the hectare hasn't really changed much over the years, even though that uh, many growers, particularly in the aerial sowing situation in the past went higher. Um, but in an aerial sowing situation, we're looking at, you know, 40% establishment if, if, they, if, if that. A lot of the drill sowing technique where you're going into um, good soil conditions, you've got 
um, excellent soil seed contact, you've got excellent depth control, um, your establishment's a lot better, and um, and we can we can afford to cut those rates. Yes, it is monitoring that plant population and and um, seeing how you're going and and uh, and plant population as with nitrogen more isn't necessarily better. And it's a good also to yeah make sure that we're managing plant population and nitrogen as a way to prevent lodging as well. Yes, yes, and I think um, if you look at this year compared to last year or look at the huge majority of crops of all varieties stood up this year, uh, and I think the the um, few individuals that did fall over um, knew where they were going with that, and and um, and sort of took some key learnings out of that. So upcoming on the 11th of August, RAS Extension is going to be drilling down onto some of these aspects we've talked about. We're planning a foundations of a high yielding rice crop uh, field walk at Rappel. Excellent idea. I think it's uh, it's great, particularly after the um, the the day we have with the researchers. So we'll have a lot of information to share. But what what uh, what do you think the structure of that will be, and what's what do we um, you know what do we hope to address there? I think what we were really planning on sort of focusing on is those sort of really key foundations that all growers need to be making sure that they're they're ticking off to make sure that you get a higher yielding rice crop. So hopefully like we're going to try and cater for both the new and experienced growers. Make sure that we're going to have some different um, farm machinery on display for growers to go and kick the tyres for, as well as line up a couple of growers just to talk about their experiences, good and bad, to sort of share their experience and knowledge and, and pass that on. Yeah, Malcolm Taylor's also going to give a quick overview about any residual chemicals coming out of winter this year because there's a lot of crop going in the ground and fingers crossed we have a big water allocation and people need to get rice crops in back to back. So so Mark, you should um, organise a bus trip for the WhatsApp group. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be really good. There's quite a number of growers who've hinted um, in the WhatsApp group that, you know, this North and South would love to get together. So if there's anyone listening, please give Mark a call and give him a hustle up about it. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great idea. It's um and and for those who haven't been to Rappel, it's a really, which is the research farm down at Derildry, uh, Old Quarry. It's it it really is um you know the the heart of the industry. That's where all our foundation seed comes from. So all our breeder seed, sorry. So, um, it's uh yeah it, it's well worth a look. And look, there's been a lot of feedback on that WhatsApp group. They do want to catch up with everybody. Um, there's been a lot of discussion amongst growers, but they actually haven't caught up face to face. Uh, so yeah, I'm all for it. So a good post isolation catch up, yeah. I think. But what else is coming up next or up in the future, Mark? Oh, look. Besides all the million things that you lot have got organised, um, just uh, just coming up in the immediate future from Grower Services, we're putting out a benchmark report just to summarise this season. So um, we, given that the portal is um, having dramas, we're going to email it out to each individual. And it'll basically be just an overview of the season on a generic basis, as in um, all the yields that happened within that region and uh, for that variety, and then where you sat in amongst that. Um, and look, there'll be, if you've got any questions or comments or, or you want a bit more sort of one-on-one -on -one type um, discussion um, with all those results, then, then please give any of us a call. Um, Oh, there's a couple of few things coming through. I'll just give a little plug for the sustainability side of things. Um, last week we had a sustainability workshop where we have 
20 odd growers or growing businesses from throughout our, our um, rice growing regions and uh, we're looking to put together a, a, a um, Sunrise Sustainability Framework if you like um, which, which is a, a platform where we're looking to be able to tell your story and in, in how good we do things and uh, from our, our production system through to our environmental management gives that international cred credibility and that sustainability angle and, uh, and um, uh, I guess helps play in those top 1% of markets that we're really, really aiming for. So, and um, that's in conjunction with the, the Murray Lake Land Services and, uh, and the National Land Care Program. So um, you'll, you'll be hearing a lot more about that before next season. A um, couple other things, there's, there's been some really promising varieties uh, that are coming through in the variety trials. Still a, a year or two off yet, um, but uh, but there's there's things in the pipeline. The SRP platform sounds like it's going to be really good, I guess, it's encompassing that whole paddock to plate industry that we as growers know we do really well, but it's sharing it with our overseas markets and the Australian domestic market too, just to kind of the icing on top of the cake, prove how good we are in every aspect of our farming. Couldn't agree more, and and we we do do it very well. There's no doubt about it, and it is a great uh, way to tell that story. So, so yes. Those new varieties sound really promising, and it'll be really good to hear more about that. But any other thing coming up? Uh, look on the, on the on the back of those new varieties. It's it's an exciting time in the rice industry from the point of view of, um, you know, certainly genetics is, is one angle. Our irrigation technology, the way we're um, you know, our production system, the, the way or our flexibility within our system, the, the gear we have, the technology we employ. It's actually a really exciting um, time coming up. So can I ask, what's, um, what's Rice Extension got coming up over the next few months leading into the, our next big season? Well, fingers are definitely crossed for a big season, but starting off in August, we've got that foundations of a high yielding rice crop day that's happening at Rappel. And we can also do a quick little plug for our next Women in Rice webinar, which is going to be held on Tuesday the 28th of July. Um, and that's being done in conjunction with... Michelle Root. We're very lucky ah, to be having Michelle come and join us and a speaker from the Murray-Darling Basin Authority and the New South Wales DPIE. So it's just an overview of about environmental water, the role it plays, and I guess building that understanding. Yeah, yeah, getting some facts around yeah, how environmental water is allocated and what it's used for, which should be really good just to increase everyone's knowledge about what, what happens in that space. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on our podcast more than once over the season. You've been our celebrity <laughs> guest this season. No Mark. worries. I don't know about that. But yeah, no, it's been good. It's been good. There's some great information out there. And um, as I say, uh, I hope we can get it out to everybody and, and don't hesitate to give any of us a call to um, to uh, to drill down into whatever questions you have. So we hope to talk soon. Awesome. awesome. Thank Thanks. you. That's a wrap. Thanks to everyone who listened to season one of the Rice Life podcast. Harriet and I have enjoyed chatting to different industry people and we can't wait to be back in August of 2020 for season two. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe or head to the Rice Extension website to fill in our survey so we can make season two bigger and better. Until next time, have a Rice day.